Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Good morning. How many know it's good to be inside together this morning? Now, y'all were crazy a moment ago during worship. What happens? Crazy in a good way. I mean, like, all right, let's start off with the declaration. I declare, I have a spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. So I declare, I have a spirit of power, love, and self-control. And never, ever, a spirit of fear. <laughs> well, as you know, we've declared that 2024 is your year of victory. So uh, make sure you stop by at the connection table. We have some, a bookmark. We have a sticker. We have a little victory flag that you can put up somewhere just to remind you that this is your year of victories. And we have been, uh, we just started our prayer and fasting, uh, started Wednesday night. Remember every Wednesday night, as you saw, we have our nights of victory. We had a good time last Wednesday. Well, we're going to find out this Wednesday how to attack those areas and get victory on them. So if you can, come out on Wednesday night. And just wanted to hit one more thing before we jump into stuff. As you saw, we announced last week, it was in church news, we're getting ready to start uh, Excel, which is a leadership ministry in faith school, and it starts the first Tuesday in February. Uh, that'll be our first track. That first track will be on leadership, and so it, it's, it's a college-level type of uh, curriculum class that we're doing. God just mandated that we train up people in faith in a ministry, in leadership, and so if that interests you, you can get signed up in the, in the back and uh, find out more information. We'll follow up with an email. I know that's not for everybody, but it's for somebody's, and so we gotta, we're building a pretty good roster right now. We're excited, and so we'll tell you more about that as we go along, but just wanted to remind you of that. Last weekend, we started a brand new series called Tested and What? Approved, and, and I, I said there, there are some things that... Um, I think it's really important, and I'm glad they're tested. I mentioned some things like this. Uh, that New River Gorge Bridge, how many are glad they test that? I mean, it's beautiful, but have you ever just thought what would happen? I think of weird things. Um, so I'm glad they test that. Uh, I'm glad they test aircraft. Uh, I'm really glad they, they test those restraining fences at the zoo where the gorillas are. Once again, I told you I think of weird things. But, uh, so I was thinking about a, a, a couple more this week. Now, I've never done this. I always wanted to. Anyone ever parachuted before? Nobody has parachuted in here? Really? Oh, okay, way in the back. I see that hand, yeah. Um, so um, I'm glad they test those parachutes. If you were about to jump out of that plane, how many of you are like, yeah, I'm really glad they test those parachutes? I, and, and then I was thinking about this, um, elevators, Taken for granted, but one time, me and Pastor Diane were in Times Square in New York City, and we were actually taking an elevator, oh, 20, 30 floors up to a restaurant, and it goes up, hits, and bounces, and falls about two or three floors, and the door's open, and the floor's here, and here's the bottom, and here, and um, anyways, I, I don't know how well they tested that one, but I'm just glad that they test things like elevators. It, it could have been bad. Are y'all doing all right? I thought you would like those a little more than, than you did. But um, if those things are, if it's important that those things are tested, how many know it's important that things like our destiny, 
our relationships, our breakthroughs, our blessings, our next level, our victories. How many glad uh, know those things need to be tested as well? Let me give you a scripture on that. This is James chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 2. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, so your faith is going to be proven or tested, it's going to produce patience. Patience is going to have its perfect work, so you will be perfect and complete, and you will be lacking of nothing. That's what the Bible says. I will actually teach a little bit on that scripture in a few weeks. And so any time that you're about to go to the next level, Anytime you're about to step into a next season, anytime you're about to elevate, um, you're, you're going to face some tests. Remember back in school, at the end of a semester or at the end of a, 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 a section, they would give you a test to prove what you what, knew. And so life is the same way. Going to the next level, walking into everything God has for you, it, there's going to be some tests that, that come your way. Now, here's the thing about God, and this is, you might think this is bad, but it's actually good. If you fail a test, anyone ever failed some tests in life? The good thing about God is he will let you take it again until we, what, pass those tests. Not as punishment, because he's refining us, because he's perfecting us, which means he's, he's actually maturing us. And so every time we pass those tests, we get a new level of responsibility. We get a new level of opportunity. We get a new level of authority. So God is for you passing these tests, but you and I are going to face some tests. We're going to face some trials. Philippians says it this way, be confident in this. He who began a good work in you is going to what? Carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus. God's about finishing some works in you. He's about finishing your uh, destiny. He's about finishing your blessings. He's about working these things out in your favor. So God is behind you passing these tests. Amen. And so we're, we're, this is going to be uh, actually several weeks of this series. And I feel like it goes right along with our vision for the year and it's taken from the life of Joseph. And we learned last week that Joseph was quite the tattletale. He liked to tell on his brothers. And because of that, the Bible says they couldn't think of a good thing to say about him. And so his brothers, the Bible actually says they actually hated him because his father, uh, uh, his his father Jacob, his wife, was his favorite wife, and, and Joseph was born to his favorite wife. He actually gave him a coat that should have been given to the firstborn, so he really favored him. And so because of this, there was jealousy, a little bit of dysfunction. And then so Joseph begins to have a dream about all of his brothers and his family bowing down and worshiping him. He even said the sun, moon, and stars would worship him. And so he begins to tell these things to his father and his brothers, and the Bible says they hated him even more. How many know you're not supposed to tell everything God tells you? Not everyone is excited about your tomorrow as you might be. And so he began to tell these things too soon. And the Bible said that they actually hated him for this. And they actually um, couldn't think of a good thing to say about him. You think your family's dysfunctional? How, how, how about that? And, and so we see that they had this animosity against him. And what we learned last week, for you to go to your next level, for you to go to your next season, for you to elevate to the next phase in your life, the first test you and I have to pass is the pride test. And we learned that pride is a persistent problem. Amen? 
It's a condition that's at the core of us, but it's a winnable war, the Bible says. And we learned last week that what you and I have to do is humble ourselves, begin to walk in humility, which isn't weakness. It just means I'm going to come into alignment underneath the word of God, underneath the will of God, underneath the ways of God. And so you will never walk into everything God has for you. I will never walk into everything God has for me until we pass some of these pride tests. And just to let you know, this will be a, that'll be a test you probably have to face until you quit breathing. How many of you have ever noticed every once in a while you notice a little bit of that pride? Maybe not every once in a while. You ever notice it like every morning, every afternoon, every evening? You wake up in the middle of the night. How many know it's still there? Well, that's an ongoing test. But it's a winnable war for you and I that know how to align ourselves under the word of God. Um, the Bible actually says this. God, God promotes those who are willing to be humble. But he takes opposition which means he takes a military position against areas of our life where we're unwilling to submit or we're unwilling to surrender. So what we're in this series, Pastor Diane asked me this morning, she goes, are you ready for this morning? And I said, you know what? I'm really ready this morning. So I feel super ready. Not that I'm not ready other mornings, but this is just, um, she said, what's the difference? I said, well, last week it was a little more teachy. This morning's a little more preachy. So if it's a little more preachy, I need a little more mm-hmm, uh-huh out of you, okay? So... So if you help charge the atmosphere, I think you'll get some things that will come out, and this will be good for us. So let's pick back up in the book of Genesis, and let's read. This is chapter 37. This is verse 12. So this is continuing where we left off last week. So soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I'm going to send you to them. And Joseph said, I'm ready to go. So Jacob said, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. Verse 15, when he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for, he asked. Verse 16, Joseph said, I'm looking for my brothers. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? The man said, yes. They've been moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. Now look at this. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. How about that? So now they're going to plan to kill him. Verse 19 says, here comes that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him. Let's throw him in one of these cisterns. We can tell our father that a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of all of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. He said, let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him in this empty cistern here in the wilderness. There he will die without us laying a hand on him. So Reuben was secretly planning to rescue him and return him to his father. Look at verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe that he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and they threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So Joseph's pride ended up getting him what? Thrown in the pit, thrown in the cistern. And the Bible says that they took him and they stripped him of this coat. Now this coat was a symbol. It was a symbol of his own sufficiency and his brothers were jealous of it. They hated him for it and they stripped him of his sufficiency. They stripped him of his identity and they threw him in this pit. I just wanted to start off by asking this, this question this morning. 
Have you ever felt like you were in a pit? Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, then you're in the right place, the right crowd this morning for me to talk about. Here's the second test that we all will face. It's the pit test. So there was the pride test, but then there's the pit test. And the pit test is really a test regarding your heart. It's a test about your heart. Now, I brought this sponge up here because here's the thing about a sponge. Um, when something begins to squeeze the, the sponge, how we know that the only thing that can come out of this sponge is what's in it. And when we find ourselves facing a pit, when we've been stripped of some things that are our sufficiency, when we feel stuck, when we feel at the bottom of a cistern, I just want you to know this, that the only thing that can come out of your life is what you've been putting into your life. All that can come out of your life is what's in your heart. You can't get something that is not there. And so sometimes in life, things are going to squeeze us. You ever been squeezed? It, it just is going to happen in life. Matter of fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to put a slide up here for you because if you've ever wondered what types of pits could there be, you might want to take a picture of this or write this down, um, and, and we'll just work on this for a moment. Anyone in here ever been in a financial pit? I mean, a financial pit, maybe, maybe that financial pit is, is a pit of debt, inflation, not been able to pay the bills, and you just have found yourself in a very discouraging financial pit. Now, once again, you're at the bottom of the pit. You're at the bottom of the cistern. You're stuck. There doesn't look like there's any hope. And you may at some time in your life find yourself or have found yourself that you, that you are in a financial pit. Well, there's not only financial pits. Maybe at some time in your life, maybe you're walking through this right now, you might find that you're in a physical pit. You've had an attack on your health. There have been some things that have come against you. You found something in an x-ray. You've been giving a diagnosis, and you've just gone through, and you feel like you're stuck, and it's a physical pit. Anyone ever been there? Well, how about this next one? You, you, you found yourself in a season. I, I didn't know what else to call it, but you just, you're in a mental pit. It doesn't mean you're mental. It just means you're in a mental pit. I mean, your thoughts are discouraging you. They're, you're just trapped. You're just overwhelmed with, with thoughts. You could be in a mental pit. All right, guess what? There's an emotional pit. That's usually connected to rela relationships. That's your heart. You're just struggling. You're struggling maybe to, to believe or to trust or, or, or someone's um, done something to you, been disloyal or whatever. Might You just found yourself in a season, a real emotional pit. Anyone ever been there? And then there's one more, a spiritual pit. You know, you could be in a spiritual pit. Maybe um, you've just gone through a rough, dry season spiritually. Maybe you sat under some doctrine for a while that was just very religious and there was no freedom in it, and you're just stuck in a spiritual pit. Now, now I want everybody to respond. If you've ever been in any of these pits, would you do this? Thank you. Um, if you're not doing this, you're in a lying pit, and we're going to pray for you. <laughs> So I wanted to share with you, sometimes we're, we, we, just are in a, we find ourselves in a pit. So then I started thinking, why might you be in a pit? Why might you have found yourself in a pit? And I think there are three reasons. We're going to pop these up here. How about this? Life got you in your pit. It, it is impossible to go from start to finish without 
facing some pits in life. Here's why sometimes you just find yourself in a pit, because you're doing life in a fallen world. And when you do life in a fallen world, you're going to find yourself at sometimes in one of these pits, sometimes just a physical pit, sometimes just a financial pit. There, there's just some times because we live in a fallen world that you're going to find yourself in a pit. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong. Maybe everything was going great, and all of a sudden, you found yourself stuck. But you didn't do anything to get there. It's just the world we live in. Jesus said, you're going to face some challenges. Why? Just because we're in a fallen world. Here's a second reason. Guess what? Maybe you <laughs> got you in that pit. Don't look at me so holy and righteous this morning, but maybe you made some decisions that got you in the pit. Any of those pits. Maybe you, maybe you, maybe you bought some stuff you couldn't pay for and you're stuck in that financial pit. Maybe you've eaten too many Twinkies over too many years and found yourself in a Twinkie pit. <laughs> Someone's like, <laughs> maybe you've just made some, some bad decisions relationally and just, you're just stuck in a relational pit. Sometimes our own rebellion, guess what, just gets us in, in a pit. And then the other reason is someone else got you in a pit. And by someone else, it could be a literal person or it could be the enemy that has you in a pit. That, and I say this all the time, but how many believe God has a good plan for your life? The, books, the Bible says that in the book of John that he came to give you life and life that overflows and abundant life. But it also says that there's an enemy out to kill, steal, and destroy. Just like God has plans for your life, the enemy has plans for your life. And so the enemy wants to get you stuck in a pit. So, so there, there it is. You're doing life. Maybe your pride got you in a pit, or maybe life just got you in a pit. Maybe someone else got you in a pit, and maybe that someone is the enemy, but you found yourself at some point in your life, like Joseph did. Remember, he had this big dream from God. And if you remember this, he got the dreams at 17 years of age, but he didn't walk into his destiny until he was 30. So in between 17 and 30, there were some tests he had to pass, the same tests we have to pass. We have to pass the pride test. That's a character test. But we also have to pride, pass this heart test. Sometimes we're going to find ourselves in a pit. Here's the question. Whenever you find yourself in a pit, will you stay in the pit or will you determine to come out of the pit? I, I just want you to get this, that although there may be a time you find yourself in a pit, no matter how you got there, God didn't intend for you to set up camp in the pit. He didn't want you to get a permanent residence in the pit. He doesn't want you to stay in the pit. God wants you to come up and out of the pit. No matter how, even if you got you there, or someone else got you there, or life just got you there. Let me give you a couple of scriptures on that. You ready? This is Psalm chapter 69, two verses, verse 14 and 15. It says this, rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me. Pull me from these deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me up or the pit of death devour me. Can I just say something real encouraging to you? you, you we all said we've been in a pit and you thought... You thought wrong in a pit. See, you always thought you were trying to hold on to Jesus in the pit, but you got to believe this, that he's never let go of you in the pit. He's been the one holding on to you in the pit. Even if you're praying, God, I don't want to sink further. I don't want to go down. you got to realize he is not going to let go of you in the pit. 
Psalm chapter 40. The first ministry I ever led years ago, we had a youth ministry called Solid Rock. This was our, our theme scripture. Look at this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, up out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. One translation said, he established my goings. So even if you've made a, a stop in the pit, don't take up residency. Don't get your mail delivered there. Just know that it's a temporary situation that all of us have to go through some pits to move on to the next phase. Now, now it's real interesting. If you unpack this word pit, I want to describe what this word pit means. Uh, these are the words used to define pits. Um, it means a place of tumult, a place of a horrible, dark, Deep dungeon with roaring noise, confusion, storm atmosphere, lots of stress. It's very exasperating. It's like being in quicksand and you feel like you're sinking and you're feeling like you're going under. I've been there at some times. I felt like I've been at the bottom of the pit sinking with a lot of confusion and noise before and, 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 and no one wants to be there. But, but hopefully you're getting to point, what if we find ourselves in a pit what do we do? How many want to know what you do? Four of you. We'll just go to lunch and talk about this. How many want to know? I'm about to tell you how you get up out of the pit, all right? I'm about to tell you what you can do to get out of the pit. One, remember, Jesus is holding on to you, right? He's holding on, so he's got, uh, uh, his presence is with you. So I came up with three life points, and this is where I'm telling you I can't teach this. I'm going to preach you up for a moment. Right, So I want you just to picture a pit that you might be in or you have been in before. And that pit is described of, uh, as tumultuous, exasperating. It wears you out. There's a lot of noise. It's deep. It's dark. It's cold. It's, it's confusing. It's stressful. How do you get out? Life point number one, you, you pray your way out. You pray your way out. All right, you're in the pit. Maybe you got you in the pit. Maybe you've had a bad attitude. Maybe you said something, did something, and you got you in a pit. I've got me in a pit before. Yeah. Or maybe life just knocked you in a pit. Or maybe it's the enemy and his strategy is for you to be in that pit. Listen, here's why prayer is so important. What, what is prayer? Prayer is just conscious connection with God. It's just this conscious connection with God. And so prayer is important because it's consciously, if it's conscious connection, it's consciously inviting God into the pit with us. It's consciously connecting with God, inviting him to get in the pit with us. And I want you to know we serve a God who will get into your mess with you. Even if you created your mess, he's still willing to get in your mess with you. And this is, why, this is why prayer is so important because it's saying, it's enlisting the help of your God. It's enlisting the help of your Father. I know if my kids ever found themselves in a hard place, they're going to come and say, Dad, help. God wants you in the same way to say, Father, right now I need you to get in this mess with me, to help me in the middle of this mess. It's enlisting his help. It's enlisting the help of God. I just want, I, 
I, I feel like I need to tell you this too, because before you ever got in the pit, God had a plan to get you out of the pit. He knew the pits you might get into. He's not up there like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. He knows you. He knows you get you into some pits. He knows the world's going to get you into some pits. And he knows the enemy is going to deceive you into some pits. So before you ever got in the pit, he had a plan to get you out of the pit. So you might as well invite him into the pit with you because he's going to show you how to begin to get up and out of the pit. It could be that spiritual pit. It could be that emotional pit. And why would we invite God? Why is prayer so important? So I just want you to know, if, if you realize today I'm stuck in a little bit of a spiritual pit or a mental pit, where does it start? God, I invite you. Now, we can't be lazy, though, because one thing that's going to happen when God begins to answer and get in the pit with us and get in the mess with us, God's begin, he's going to begin to work on some things. I'm just telling you, God does something amazing. I've noticed in my life, when I've been at the bottom or under something, even if I got me there, it gives God this opportunity to take his finger and do some surgery on some areas that he can't do when we're not in the pit. If we let him. Now, he didn't design it. He didn't put us in the pit. He didn't make the pit for us, but man, we start to call out, and he goes, let's just get some work done while we're down here. I got no problem getting you out. I already got a plan about that. Let's just work while we're here. Why? Because you're broken, you're bruised, you're open, you're, you're somewhat desperate. And he can begin to do some work. And see, the reason why we pray, because, pray at that moment is because God will start to tell us some things. Maybe what needs to happen to begin to get you out of the pit, because praying, praying is important to saying, God, I invite you in, but we can't just say, God, come, I invite you in, because he's going to talk to us, and he may need us to respond a certain way. Maybe one of the responses that you and I need to have while we're in the pit is, God, I, I repent of some things that got me in this pit. I repent of some thoughts I've allowed. I repent of some actions I've taken. I, I repent of some mistakes I've made. You see, if we can begin to repent, God's like, now we're getting somewhere. Or maybe in that pit, one of the things he will tell you, which I know you don't want to hear, but he might often tell you, forgive. Maybe someone else got you in your pit. You know, forgiveness is a superhuman power that Christians have. I don't believe the world has it. But we have this superhuman, superhero power. It's called forgiveness. It's the cure for the toxins and the poison that the hurt caused. And so we pray God might say, you know what, let's forgive. And guess what? You may never get out of that pit unless you do forgive. And the pit might have been temporary, but now it's lasting. And it's become permanent in your life, and you're in the same pit 20 years later when God said, we need to forgive to begin to get up out of this pit. So where does it start? We pray our way out. Amen. Everybody say pray. pray. We're going to pray our way out. So if you have found yourself, let's say it's a financial pit, begin to pray your way out. And God will begin to speak to you with a strategy. He'll begin to get down there with you. He'll begin to help you out. Well, he just, you know, let me win the lottery. This would all be fixed. Maybe that's the worst thing that could happen for you. You'd be in a bigger pit. <laughs> so pray your way out. You ready for number two? Praise your way out. Pray your way out. Praise your way out. Whether you know this or not, God is still divine in the pit. 
His divinity didn't change. His presence, his awesomeness, his faithfulness didn't change just because you're in a pit. Because here's the difference. You have a decision to make. I'm going to begin to pray my way out, and I'm going to begin to praise my way out. But you have a choice to make. You can either complain or you can praise, but you can't do both. Sometimes we get in the pit, and you know what happens? We get bitter, and we complain, and 15 years later, we're still complaining, when if you would have started praying and praising, that pit would have been in your yesterday. It wouldn't have still been your today, and it wouldn't be a threat of tomorrow. So we're going to praise our, our way out. Amen? I, I, w- I would even say this to you. It's one thing when you're in a pit to pray. We all get really spiritual when we're in a pit. Oh, Lord, our prayer life goes, boom. So it's one thing to pray in a pit. It's a whole nother thing to praise in the pit. Whole nother thing to praise in the pit. Because there's a lot to complain about. There's a lot going against you. There's a lot of tumult. There's a lot of things that are exasperating you. There's a storm raging. There's confusion. The wind, you're in a deep, dark place. That's not when we like to praise. We, we like to praise when we come in and the, we like the song Pastor Shane's singing. And everybody's singing and everything's great and everybody's... That's when we like to praise. When everything's going great, we like to praise. But what about midnight in the dungeon? Well, I, I've been thinking. No, think it doesn't count. Praise isn't praise until it's seen and it's heard. Remember the story about, um, was it Paul and Silas? And, and what happened was this, this girl had a spirit and she was following them around and she was fortune telling and she was exasperating them. And they turned and they cast the spirit out of her and she was making money for people by telling their, their futures. So they got so mad that they, they, they flogged them and they threw them in prison and they put them in the inner chamber in the darkest, deepest dungeon. Now, they didn't do anything wrong. They, were pre- they cast the devil out of a young girl. I've never seen that on America's Most Wanted. Still searching for them. They cast a demon out of a young girl. She's now free from that torment. Well, she should be locked up for that. So they're thrown in prison for what? The gospel for doing good. And they were shackled. They were beaten. They were in the bottom of the lowest dungeon. I just have this picture of dark, dripping water, rats, and all that nasty in the bottom of the dungeon. And the Bible says it was almost midnight. How many know midnight's the darkest moment? And they decided to have church instead of a complaining time. And the Bible said they began to praise and sing hymns at midnight. And the next thing it know, there was an earthquake. And the earthquake caused their shackles to fall off. And they walked out. What did that? Their praise. If you feel shackled at the bottom of the cistern, guess what you need to do? Get your praise on. Well, I don't, this is not, the, I'm not comfortable. It's dark. It's nasty. I'm in a financial cistern. I'm in a physical cistern. I, I see what they say as a diagnosis. I don't feel like praising. I want to complain right now. Where's God? Why did this happen? But they didn't do that. They got their praise on. The only way to get the shackles off is to praise. The Bible said there was an earthquake. If you studied out, it meant there was an earthquake with lots of aftershocks. Your praise doesn't only cause an earthquake to happen spiritually. It will create aftershocks. It will lead you out of your pit. 
I said this years ago in a sermon. If you've been here for a while, you may have heard this. But um, with Paul and Silas, I said this, and I still believe it's true. God can do it suddenly, suddenly. Yeah, but it, I what? No, no, yeah, but. That's the opposite of praise. What if? No, not what if. What is? That's what praise is. Y'all doing all right? I think you got too much snow in your eyes or something this morning. So we need to, here's how we get out of the pit. We, we pray our way out. We begin to pray. Then we praise our way out. You want to hear the last one? We proclaim our way out. We begin to proclaim our way out. And just to let you know, no matter how hard or challenging or debilitating, no matter how much may have been stolen, when you fell in that pit, um, no matter how deep the pit was, we serve a much deeper God, and he can restore everything that the enemy did in the pit. Financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Amen. The reason why it's so important to proclaim when you're in the pit, it's essential to begin to declare faith when you're in the pit is because when you're in a pit, the enemy likes to begin to deceive and lie to you. He'll say something like this. You're never going to get out of this pit. This is all your fault. God put you in here. You deserve it. You're, you're not going to get out. You brought this on yourself. He'll just begin to deceive us and lie to us in the pit. And if you got you in, he might be telling the truth. If you didn't get you in, he'll make you feel like you did get you in. That you deserve it. There's no hope. This is how life is going to be. No more peace. No more joy. He'll, he'll, he'll keep you in a desperate place. He'll lie to you. He'll deceive you. You ever heard those words? That's why it's so important at that moment, we have to begin to align ourselves with truth, align ourselves with faith, align ourselves with what God is saying. Speak the word of God. Say it out loud. Declare it with our mouth. Align our words with God's truth. Matthew says it this way. Our words will either condemn us or they will acquit us. And so if you begin to line up with what the enemy said, you'll be condemned. You'll stay in the pit. You'll be stuck in the pit. You'll be full of bitterness and baggage and you'll be depressed and you'll stay a victim the rest of your life. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It just means you're going to be quite miserable. Or you can align yourself with everything Jesus said. You may not feel like a victor. You might feel like a victim, but you declare that you're a victor. You declare that you're more than a conqueror. You declare that you're a champion. You declare that you're blessed. You may not feel like it, but you got to say what God says. It's the only way out. It's the only way out. It's the only way out that you say what God says. 
When you start speaking faith, there's divine activity, there's divine action that starts happening around you. Come on. You want God to get in the pit? You pray, you praise. What else do you? You proclaim and you say what God says. And sometimes you don't feel like you want to. Sometimes you might feel like God's against you, not for you. Come on, but he is for you. We just read in the book of Psalms, he will reach down and pull you up out of the pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he will set your feet on a rock and he will establish your goings. It's one of the tests Joseph had to pass. God showed him this vision of his future. He began to tell it. Those people he told it to threw him in a pit to die. And it may have felt like you got a glimpse of God wants to do this in my life. I believe this in my life. And maybe the opposite happened and you found yourself in a pit. What are we going to do? We're going to start praying our way out. We're going to start praising our way out. And we're going to start declaring and proclaiming our way out. Can we stand to our feet? This is when you, I'm going to say some things I wrote down. I think they're awesome. So if you don't think they're awesome, just make me feel good. But you need to shout something when I say some of these, all right? You need to start declaring that you're going from the dungeon right into your destiny. You need to start declaring that you're going from the mire to the choir. You need to declare that you're going from the pain to the promise. Yeah. Come on. You need to declare that you're going from the horror to the hallelujah. I like this one. You need to start declaring I'm going from slime to prime time. (laughs) We need to start declaring that we're going from the mess to his best. From the tumult to the triumph. We're going from broken down to breakthrough. And we're going to go from the pit to the palace. Amen. 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 You weren't designed to live in a pit. It's not what you were made for. I said, it's not what you were made for. That's why God said pray. That's why God said praise. That's why God said proclaim. That's what gets you out of the pit. Or you can worry, and you can be down in the mouth, and you can complain. You can be full of doubt. And if so, enjoy the dungeon. I don't know about you, but we're coming up. We're coming out. We're shouting about victory this year. It takes a little bit of praise. It takes a little bit of proclaiming. So this morning... If it's a mental pit, a, re- a relational, emotional, financial, physical, or it's a spiritual pit, we're going to practice what I just preached this morning. Amen? Let's begin to praise. How many trust God? How many believe in the power of God? Power of God to get you out of the pit. How many ready to pass the test? Hey, how do I do it? You praise right here, right now. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.